Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Karshovsky, and welcome to episode 63 of That Remote Live podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. I'm excited because today's episode is one of the first episodes that first uh, was recorded as a video for my YouTube channel. You can find it just by going to YouTube and searching for my name, Mikko Karshovsky, or just searching for That Remote Life. And in this video, I talked about the stair-step approach to building a location-independent service business. And this model was uh, framed on Rob Walling's original stair-step approach to bootstrapping. It's a pretty famous framework that he developed after speaking with lots of entrepreneurs and getting to uh, sort of see the way that a lot of businesses have been bootstrapped and scaled. And what I wanted to do in this video is take his original approach that, like I said, has been used mostly for things like software businesses and see how it can be applied to a service business that so many of us uh, have started in order to build a life of location dependence and live like a digital nomad. For a step-by-step breakdown of the concept that uh, I discuss in this video, just head over to thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 63, and you'll kind of, uh, you can find the video there as well, and you'll be able to kind of see the written breakdown of how to do this. You guys, if you are enjoying this podcast, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and head on over to YouTube and subscribe there as well. We're going to be creating a lot more video content, both in the forms of our, uh, you know, kind of main interviews, but also we're going to be doing a lot more of these deep dive Thursday videos along with hopefully once, once things open up a bit, uh, some vlogs of kind of the digital nomad lifestyle. So, All right, you guys, um, I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy this video uh, if you go and check it out. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Hey, what's up, you guys? Mikko Karshovsky here from ThatRemoteLife.com, and welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's been a while since uh, I've started doing lots of videos, but now uh, we are, like many other people, quarantined, and we are in one location. I'm not traveling as much anymore, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to kickstart the YouTube channel again, and I'm actually setting up a bit of a studio here in our new apartment, Um, so this is going to start looking a lot more professional behind me and everything um, as time goes on, but for the moment, this is what we've got. Excuse any sort of echo or not exactly the best lighting or anything like that, um, but doing the best that we can. So I wanted to make this video Um, because I want to talk about the stair-step approach to building a location-independent service business. Now, that kind of sounds a bit wordy, and you might be wondering, what exactly does the stair-step approach mean? Well, the stair-step approach was developed by someone called Rob Walling. Uh, If you've never heard the name before, Rob Walling is um, one of the people behind the Startups for the Rest of Us podcast, which is a really great podcast for bootstrapped um, entrepreneurs. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's very, very good. Uh, He's also built several different businesses. Most recently, I believe his um, most recent business was actually Drip, which was uh, an email software, which grew to be quite sizable. Um, And Rob developed this approach 
after obviously through his podcast and stuff like that, and they also have um, a pretty large conference called MicroConf, he started noticing this as a pattern, um, both in the way that he built his business and then how other people were trying to build businesses and not succeeding, and how that differed from the people that were building businesses and succeeding. And his specific approach was really meant for people who are building um, software products. And so that's really what, if you go and you read his blog post on this, I'll link that. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be down in the description. Or if you're watching, if you're listening to this as the podcast, um, I'll have it in the show notes. But um, I'll link you know that original blog post. But it was initially meant for software products. And that's kind of what he describes. That's the sort of lens that he describes this approach through. What I wanted to do was kind of see kind of how he wrote that for software and instead um, turn it into service because I think that this really works as well in service once it's slightly tweaked. So that's kind of what we are going to focus on, how to use this stair-step approach that Rob Walling developed for software businesses and we're going to, and I'm going to explain to you guys how I think you can do uh, follow the same approach that is pretty low risk and gives you a higher chance of success, but do so for a location independent service business. So let's get started. All right. So the very first step here, the step one in sort of the stair step, uh, like I said, we're currently developing kind of like the studio in here. Eventually I'm going to have a, a whiteboard behind me, but right now, um, I don't get to draw anything, so you'll just have to imagine. Uh, but the very first stair step here is what I'm calling the discovery phase. And this is really when you transition from being an employee to a consultant or freelancer. And where we want to start with this is to decide what it is, what service you want to offer. Uh, there's really two options here. The first option is to start offering as a freelance service what you're already getting paid to do in your regular job. So if you work in a nine to five, um, you work in a corporate job, what is it that you're already being paid to do there? That is a really good place to start um, and then just kind of like take what you're doing there and move on to doing it in a freelance way. Uh, the reason why I really like this is because it's already something you know you're good at. You already know exactly what you're doing. Somebody's already paying you to do it. So the only thing that you're really changing is who's paying you to do it from a boss, your company that you work for to then clients um, in a freelance setting. Now, if you don't like to do this, if you're, for example, hey, one of the reasons why I wanna build my own business is I don't like what I'm doing, this is really where that discovery comes in, is we wanna find out what that service is that you want to offer. Um, the really important thing to understand here is there's no such thing as a perfect service. There's no such thing that you're just absolutely going to love. Everything that you offer will have um, downsides. I see a lot of people get really, um, bogged down in sort of finding a way to build a business around their passion. And while it's really important to build a business around something that you enjoy doing and something that you're interested in and passionate for, that's fantastic, but don't let that stop you. A lot of times if you identify what you're good at and you start doing that and you get told that you're really good at and you deliver um, great results for people, 
you're going to become more passionate about that. You're start you're going to start enjoying that. So one of my favorite places to get started at in this at this step is actually a website called Upwork. Now, if you've never heard of Upwork, it's really a freelance marketplace. So it is a website where people who have a problem that needs solving come to this marketplace and they will create a post and then freelancers can actually apply and like not bid, but apply to fix that problem for those businesses. So it's a huge marketplace. There are tons and tons and tons of businesses that go on there looking for freelancers to come and help them both in a one off sort of relationship or in a, on a reoccurring sense. So this is a really good place to come and almost like learn what you're doing. Um, really nail down the service that you want to offer. Um, if you're one of the, if you're one of the people who doesn't really know what you want to do, this is a really great place to explore that, to really discover that because one month you could be offering social media management and then the next month you could be doing, you know, content or then the next month you could be doing paid ads. Um, that's just an example, but you can really kind of like rinse and repeat here until you kind of nail down the sort of thing that you want to focus on more, uh, long-term. The important thing to understand here is that we're not looking to scale at this stage. We're really starting to kind of just build the, the base for the rest of the staircase, right? So, um, you know, you won't be making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at this, as this stage, we're just kind of trying to nail down what it is that you want to do. Um, and kind of get you used to working with clients. It's not meant to scale. It's just, you know, something that you're doing, um, all the time, you know, day in, day out, and we're kind of building up the base for later on. So once you've discovered and understood what service you want to offer, it is time for step number two or stair number two, uh, which is to double down. So this is where you stop. If you've been in the discovery phase, you stop switching what you're doing and you really nail down what your service is and you begin to really go after clients on Upwork, for that service. Um, you can also at this point begin to expand what sort, um, or where you're acquiring your customers or your clients, I should say. Um, one of the best first places to get started with is actually word of mouth. Um, a lot of people think that, uh, like I think on the internet, it's really sexy to do like ads and social media and like all of these different things. But if you actually go out there and talk with a lot of service businesses, you will find that almost always one of their main acquisition channels is just word of mouth. Um, and an important point here is that in this step, and you'll see how that ties into the word of mouth bit, but at this step is when you want to niche down. So in the first step, we identify what it is that you're doing, what is the service that you're providing. And here we want to identify who are we providing it for. And the reason why that's so important is because you're starting to reduce variables, having lots of variables in your business, uh, makes it really difficult for you to scale. And if our idea is to eventually mimic the way that Rob Walling saw this, where you build like a one-off software product and then you do it a whole bunch more times. And then eventually you get to a place where you're building a large product with lots of reoccurring revenue. It's that sort of scalability, right? Where going up the staircase reflects a rise in revenue. Um, we need to reduce variables. And um, one of the best ways to do that is to niche down and identify who 
it is that you want to deliver that service for. And the reason why that ties in with the word of mouth marketing is that if, for example, I am doing uh, my service of choice is SEO content, I'm writing blog posts and creating content for my clients' websites, and I niche down to only do that for a specific type of business, like for example, um, like, like hair salons or something like that, it's on my mind because haircuts, quarantine, need a haircut. Um, there, you know, if I own a hair salon and you are somebody who's providing me with SEO content services, I will likely know lots of other people who also do the same business. And you'll see that like, there's going to be some like communication between them and you will get referrals to other businesses. And so that helps that bit right there. So at this point, once we've kind of niched down and we're doing the service and we're getting new clients, whether it's from word of mouth or you're doing some sort of other um, sort of marketing. For example, if you're doing SEO, you could be doing SEO um, or you should be doing SEO. Uh, I also think that uh, at this point, it's good to focus on uh, a free acquisition channel. So not something like paid marketing. You can do that if, especially if you know what you're doing. Like if the service that you're offering is Facebook ads and you know exactly what you're doing, not a bad idea, but if it's not something that you've ever dealt with, um, I wouldn't recommend it. And the other reason why I think it's a better um, decision to focus on a free acquisition channel is that a lot of times here, you might not be really getting like reoccurring clients. So the lifetime value of a customer isn't as high. So if you are, for example, spending um, $100 to get a $300 client, you, you, really are reducing your margins here. The The place where paid ads can really make a difference and really pour gasoline on the fire is when we get higher up on that staircase and you're getting reoccurring revenue. And then you know that that $300 client is actually a $3,000 client over their whole lifetime uh, as being a client. That's when it's like, well, if I know that I can acquire a client for a hundred bucks and they will stay around for 3000, like hell yeah, all day, right? The other thing here is that you want to allow some customization for each client. So if you've been around the online business world at all, you'll know that a lot of people talk about uh, kind of productizing your service and that's what we're going to talk about later. But at this stage, you want to allow some customization. So maybe you're working with a client who only wants one blog post a month, then another one of your clients wants one blog post per week. One of them wants a 1000 word article, the other one wants only a 300 word article. You want to allow that to happen at this stage, not long term, but at this stage, I think it's actually a good idea because what you're going to do is you're actually going to start learning about that customer. You're going to start learning about your niche and what exactly they're all looking for, right? Because if at the very beginning you say exactly what you're doing and there's no ifs, ands, or buts, you actually don't know if that's the best way to offer that service. Uh, the way that you're going to learn that is by offering a whole bunch of different variations of it to a lot of different clients and then noticing what are the commonalities between them. And then those commonalities are what we're going to focus on in the next step. The other point that you want to start kind of focusing on at this step is to actually bring on someone to uh, create the service, to deliver the service that you're selling. So if you, like we said with the example that we've been focusing on, you're doing SEO content for hair salons, 
you want to bring on somebody to start actually creating the content that we're then putting up on these websites. Um, a lot of people will actually start by hiring somebody to do the, the other things um, that are kind of like the side things from your main deliverable. And you should do the opposite. If somebody's paying you to do content, bring somebody in to do that content because I think the profitability there is is much easier to understand and then the admin and the side things um, a lot of them you know might be the sort of thing that you think you need to be doing and that you think are important but they really aren't so they'll fall off and then the other parts that really do stick around that you that need to be done you can batch and you can get done so at this stage bring someone on to do you know what you're what you are essentially delivering and then that will free up your time to actually go out and get more clients um, and eventually as you do more of this and you kind of like rinse and repeat this process you will be able to at this stage replace your income and actually achieve location independence and be able to you know uh, travel and kind of like live that life all right you guys so now we are ready for step three and if you guys um, remember when we talked about in step two, that you wanna be allowing some customization within the different clients, you're kind of um, allowing to be offering different things for the different clients while looking for the sort of commonalities between them. And this is how this connects to step three, which is to develop your, your service that you've been offering up until now into a productized service. And this is where you take the commonalities that you found by understanding your market, knowing exactly what they're looking for and packaging it into a product. So the difference here is that when you're offering a service on a client relations, you know, like we were saying, somebody might want, you know, a 1000 word article once a month, somebody wants a 300 word article every week or whatever it may be. Instead at this point, what you're saying is, this is what you're getting. Here's the product. This is what I'm creating and this is what you're buying. So something to think about here would be like uh, buying a Coca-Cola, right? You're buying a Coke. Uh, you know exactly what you're getting every single time and you as the customer don't have a say in, for example, how sweet the Coca-Cola is, right? Like you're not saying, ooh, I like Coke, but I want it to be a little bit sweeter. Can Coke, can you do that, right? You know exactly what you're getting. And this is um, when you really lean into um, that commonality that you saw across all of them and really start to deliver the product that they all really need. At this point, you, can, you should also start developing this into a reoccurring model. So this is what we talked about, you know, where before maybe you were getting hired on to do a project-based thing where uh, you know, this wasn't a client that you had a long relationship with. It was just somebody that you came in, um, you did, you know, the work and then left. Uh, and in certain services, that depending on what you're delivering, making it reoccurring might have happened earlier. Uh, maybe it's happening, you know, instead of happening now. So for example, with SEO, that is not something where um, you're going to come on, you're going to do one article and that's it. Um, it could be something where the client is, Hey, I want you to stick around for a while, but, um, you know, maybe I'll use you this month. Maybe I won't use you that sort of thing. Um, like website redesigns, for example, are one of those very one-off things that in this part, you need to figure out how to actually make it recurring. So in that example, you could do something like where, uh, a one-off client earlier on 
in the steps. So like step two, for example, you were just redesigning websites. In step three, you notice the commonality is, for example, that a lot of the websites that you build need some form of maintenance and the productized service that you offer uh, on a recurring basis can be like uh, a, a you know website maintenance package or something like that. So this is where you really wanna lean on having that recurring model like we mentioned, and this is when you start to achieve some scale. This is also the point where um, really leaning into paid ads is also very valuable because the lifetime value of your customer should be going up since it is a reoccurring service where you get client, you get one client this month, that client continue, continues paying every month afterwards and every month afterwards you keep bringing on new clients and it's a much more scalable thing. Higher lifetime value means that it's much easier for you to have a profitable acquisition when going through paid ads and, and stuff like that. And since we're very niche down, it makes it easier for you to really uh, pinpoint where those ads are going to acquire those clients. The other thing with this, um, with this step is that at this point, you should really be fully moving out of delivering the service you're getting paid for. So, you know, in the beginning, uh, when you brought somebody on to help you out, maybe they were taking over half the clients and you were doing the other clients or some other you know mixture like that. At this point, you really want to replace as much of the service delivery with someone else. Um, and this will help you also build kind of like a training and an onboarding and how do we take somebody that we just found, um, even if it is just a freelancer on Upwork that you're now, you know, you started out on Upwork, but now you're actually bringing in freelancers from Upwork to deliver the service to your clients. Um, you can really start to uh, nail down that onboarding and that training so that you're delivering that consistent product, that consistent service um, for your clients and you can step away from the actual service delivery. And what that allows you to do is focus much more on attaining, uh, obtaining new clients and really scaling up. And as you're scaling up, one of the things that you're going to start to develop is actually IP or intellectual property. And this is kind of like what you're learning about your, your clients and what it is that you're doing and you really start to nail down and become like really, really intelligent in the space. Um, usually you'll see this when you talk to people who have been in the same space for a while and they're just almost like scientific, like they know exactly what's going on. They understand all the moving pieces and stuff like that. And this is what will bring us into step four, which is sort of where our model of the stair-step approach and Rob Walling's overlap. So step four is where step three was productizing your service. Step four is actually developing a product. And this is where uh, our approach and Rob Walling's approach overlap since that's their end goal is to develop a, a product. So since you've niched down and since you've been working with the same types of clients, you have likely identified very serious um, you know, pain points for your customers. And you've likely developed some sort of intellectual property or IP to answer those uh, problems. And one of the interesting things that you can do at this point is to actually make a, you know, a product to fill some of those pain points. So let me give you an example here. Um, based on the example that we've been talking about of like hair salons and SEO. 
So for example, you are delivering um, SEO services for these hair salons. You are putting up, you know, blog posts on their WordPress website. But the thing that you notice is that a lot of these hair salon owners don't actually understand anything about their, you know, their website. They don't really know how to do anything on WordPress. They keep breaking things. All your productized service is doing is just publishing posts on there. So you're not doing anything else. Um, and they handle everything else, right? So they're really not very good at that. The good thing is that because you likely have some understanding on that, or if you don't, you can bring somebody in to, to kind of like, you know, bring that, that skill, that knowledge. You can, for example, create a course for hair salon owners on how to use WordPress. This doesn't mean that they're going to be building brand new websites from scratch on WordPress, but it trains your specific niche, your specific client, how to do the basics, right? And why this is the next step from productized service is that it just moves you one notch up the scalability, right? This is a product that you literally build once and then you can sell ongoing right for a continuous amount of time for however long uh, you want to until maybe you need to update that product and the margins there are much higher because you build the product once and then it keeps selling while with a productized service you almost have to like rebuild the product constantly and even though the productized service has a higher margin um, and is more profitable than a customizable service like in step two this just takes you one notch up and this is where you can really scale right so a course is one example another example could be something like um, if you start to notice that um, those hair salon owners they're fantastic you know hair people they're very good at you know doing haircuts and stuff like that but they're actually kind of missing some business concepts and you feel like they're not as good of business um, men or women as they could be so you could create some sort of educational platform where they learn um, like business things right like you can um, create like a membership community and bring on speakers uh, every month where these hair salon owners can actually attend these speakers. They pay you every month to be a part of this group and they can actually kind of learn and improve and become better um, business owners. The other thing, and this is kind of like, you know, really leaning into the product thing and not something that I would recommend to everyone um, unless you either partner with somebody who has this experience um, or you are developing this experience. It's something that you've become really passionate and interested in. So you're leaning into it. Um, or you just have so much money that you uh, can pay somebody to do this. And I, that's kind of like the last thing that I would recommend. I really think that if you're not going to be the person doing this, you should partner with somebody doing this is to build some sort of actual software product the way Rob Walling imagined this for that niche. So for example, you've been working with all of these You've been working with all these hair salon people. Uh, you've been in their business. You understand. You talk to them all the time. You're you're helping them with SEO, and then you know you can either notice that there is a better way to do this that a software could solve it, right? Where um, in some way you reduce the need for that um, continuous creation of content, and you can put things up in a more automated way. Content's not really the best example here, but like with hair salons, the perfect example would be like booking, right? Like 
if you find out there's a pain point here where all of these hair salon owners um, have real trouble managing their schedule um, or booking, or for example, here's a, here's a, an even better example. If these hair salon owners uh, are not a single uh, person, so they're not the ones running the business and actually providing the service, but they have several different like um, hairdressers underneath them and they have trouble managing them, but you, by running your business and your productized service, have found a really good way to manage them, maybe through some sort of project management system, maybe through some sort of operation system, and you can almost mirror that into their niche and create some sort of software product um, or training product like we've talked about before to help them out with that, that's great. And that is a product that then scales. And this is where, like we said, the Rob Walling staircase approach and our service business approach overlap. But at the end of the day, a productized service is a great business. If you never wanna get to that fourth step, you don't need to. Um, that third step is a really great place to be. I mean, at this point, you could be running a multi six-figure, even seven-figure business. Um, so there's really the ceiling that you would cap here is, is, is very, very high, and many people will be very, very happy just living in perpetuity in that step three. Sorry about that guys, uh, my camera died, but I just wanted to take a quick second here to review kind of all the different steps that we talked about in this process. Um, step one is the discovery stage where you're sort of um, learning and transitioning from maybe being an employee to being a freelancer on Upwork, discovering all the different services um, that uh, you, you possibly want to offer, and then just sort of nailing down your process and your specific service. Step two is the double down. Once you figure out your process, I mean, once you figure out your service, um, doubling down on it, expanding into different acquisition channels and deciding what your niche is and really rinse and repeat um, and get some and get as many clients as possible. Um, step three is the productized service. And this is where once you've established the commonality, the commonality between all your different clients, um, you start to package your service and not have customization so that your clients are actually your customers and they're buying a product as opposed to a service. Um, so like we talked about with the Coke example, they don't get to, they buy a Coke bottle and you know exactly what that Coke is going to taste like. Uh, they don't get to, you know, change the sweetness level of it or something like that. And then again, step four is that full product, right? This is where the Rob Walling approach and our service step approach overlap. And this is, you know, where you really exploit something that you've uh, seen as a pain point in your in your clients' lives and in their in their business, and you help solve that. Uh, so, like we talked about, several different examples of building a course to help them out become better business people. Um, or to manage their WordPress, a community to help them out and improve their business acumen, their business skills, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's it, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this video. Leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about it um, and what you think about this sort of transfer of the Rob Walling process focused on software into more services. Um, I'm gonna be doing a lot more YouTube videos like this now including um, you know, some of my ideas on business, uh, some of my experiences in my own business life, 
along with um, we're going to be doing a lot of interviews and um, a lot of other commentary on the digital nomad lifestyle and maybe even some product reviews. I love doing product reviews, so we might be seeing uh, more of those. So if you enjoyed this, if you're interested in any of those topics, definitely hit the subscribe button down below. And if you're listening to this on the podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, uh, definitely do so. All right, you guys, thank you so much and um, all the best. Peace.